Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome guys, this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Um, this one's an a, a episode which I thought I would have done by now, and I haven't, which is always, you know, surprising to me and to many. Um, I'm going to talk about one of the sacred cows of, of heavy metal and heavy rock, um, a person, I won't do the band he's from because I'm sure the band has been covered ad nauseum uh, in the past. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about... Um, the man himself, and that's Lemmy Kilminster. Good old Lemmy Kilminster. Sadly, leaving us on the 28th of December 2015, the one of the a polarizing, or should I say non-polarizing, member of the music community. I don't think there's anyone who likes heavy metal or heavy rock or rock in general that doesn't like Lemmy. I, I, I'd be surprised if there is anyone out there that would turn off a Motorhead song um, or anything with Lemmy in it, to be brutally honest. Um, I first came across Lemmy, would you believe this? Uh, now, it, yes, my brother had uh, Bomber, uh, and he played it a fair bit, but actually the where I first come across Lemmy was in a movie called Hardware. Um, now, that was produced, that came out in the, I think, the was it late 80s, early 90s? Um, it sounds like a lot I should have learned, listened to him before, and I did, um, but it was, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a strange science fiction movie, right, that I'm trying to find it right now, uh, hardware, where is it, here we go, 1990 actually, he played the, the, Woody ta- the water taxi ca- driver character in it, um, and playing the Ace of Spades for his passenger, in the boat now I mean by 1990 I was 17 I think um, and yeah it sort of Motorhead was something that I'd seen on on the young ones um, and then of course you know in and out and piece and bits and pieces um, but but was sort of the when I saw him in in hardware um, which is a, a crazy you know UK British science fiction uh, movie directed by Richard Stanley um 
It's got Iggy Pop in it. It's got John Lynch. Um, it, it's really quite... A, if you get a chance to watch it, um, you should. It's a crazy movie. Anyway, that's where I first saw... Um, sorry, that's where I first saw Lemmy. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, okay, now, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan, but I was sort of feeling my way through the musical genres that I listen to, as you all know by now. Um, you know, he formed... He was originally in um, many. It's been many of the bands. He was in a '60s band called the Filthy Vickers. I think was the was the name of the. I'm um, just to make sure I get that right. Uh, yeah, I'm just to get my notes. Of course, my notes are all the way at the bottom. Um, bear with me. Sorry, I made note. I'm doing it a different way now. I made notes on my laptop instead of my notebook for the moment, and so I'm sort of getting my head around this new technique. So if I wander off. Because I'm just trying to work out technology, right? Okay. <laughs> just trying to work out technology. I'll go back to my actual written notes I made earlier. Um, so he was a roadie for Jimi Hendrix and the Nice. That's an amazing thing. I didn't know about that, actually. Um, he was he, so born just at the end of the war. Okay. Um, his father was a, um, a, a Air Force... Um, vicar and uh, concert pianist and his mum and dad split up him at an early age and he moved to Newcastle under Lyme and then on to Anglesey in Wales and to quite a few other places and he does say in his biography that um, being the only English speaker in 700 Welsh kids on the island of Anglesey uh, which is middle of nowhere if anyone knows a British um, uh, UK map uh, you know it would have been a tough tough thing for him right made him a strong strong person but he was born in Stoke-on-Trent actually um, he loves the Beatles. He loved John Lennon because of the sarcasm that John brought to uh, to the music. He thought they were hard and hard. He saw the Beatles at the cavern, um, and he thought they were hard nuts because they truly were street boys until you know um, they changed their image after the when um, they sort of moved into from their sort of like nice image to their more rock and roll image. Um, he thought they were very very for him he always thought the stones were a bit good musically but really naff live because they were just posh schoolboys. that's such a, a lemmy thing you know um to say really I, I would say yeah so he was um i'm trying to find the band he was with i can't find it i did make a note of it you know isn't that silly um and he got it i'll find it later on he got his nickname apparently according to sources is because he'd say Oh, uh, lend me a quid till Friday uh, or lend me a quid till Friday which is derivation of lend me a quid till Friday because he had a, a slot machine addiction um, you know one arm bandits that's not um, not an unusual thing for Lemmy I can imagine because he's you know we're one of Lemmy's uh, drug addictions and sex addictions and so on alcohol so you obviously had a, an addictive personality um, so you know and also born on Christmas Eve. I mean, that's always going to be a tough one growing up as a kid, isn't it? You know. But anyway, he's in and out of bands in the '60s, playing sort of pop, uh, rock and roll. Decided that uh, rock was for him because it it brought the girls into his orbit, um, and we know what he was like around the women. And uh, he um, he started playing along to Beatles. Um, covers like please please me was the first thing he learned to play 
And then, you know, in and around the 60s in the drug scene, he, he sort of wafted into, uh, I'm the longest remembering member of um, the space rock outfit, Hawkwind. Um, now, I never really got into Hawkwind. I'm actually on the back of researching um, Lemmy's um, uh, sort of life, looking at the stuff in his past. I started listening to a bit of Hawkwind, and actually, you know, it's not as bad as I originally thought it was going to be. I'm not a space rocky, druggy music kind of guy. Um, I just not, even though I like a bit, a fair bit of prog. A lot of prog's not all kind of, um, you know, flowers in your hair and and you know, revolution. It's it's about it's something different. So I thought, well, give it a go. It actually, it's quite heavy and rocky, and it has some real interesting passages of music. Uh, on their albums yeah some of it's a bit you know a bit not up my street but you know it, it sort of it does its thing right you know it does its thing now he was in, in Hawkwind for um, four years four years he was in Hawkwind until he no surprises he got kicked out because of his drug habit right um, that's uh, you know it's saying something when you're in a space um, rock outfit and you're the one with the drug habit, uh, habit. it's quite amusing uh, I think anyway uh, and in that well, while he was in the band he recorded Motorhead which is Allah took the name for his following band that he formed in 75 after his rather um, uh, interesting uh, sacking from the band I won't tell you the full story of that one that's one you should go and research it's actually really uh, interesting at least, so, at least I can say is that the band pissed off and left him somewhere. That's that's what I read anyway. And it, I mean, whether it's true or not, you know, is another thing. But that's Hawkwind's loss and the world of Heavy Rock's um, gain, is it not? Uh, you know, and then he goes on and forms a three-piece band. Now, the original members of um, Hawkwind... Oh, sorry, Hawkwind... Blah, 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 of, um, of Motorhead were uh, Lemmy himself, Ian Fraser Kilminster, uh, Larry Wallace on guitar and Lucas Fox on drums. Of course, this changed, as we know, to the, the lineup that we love and know now with uh, um, you know, uh, Phil, uh, Phil Filthy Animal Taylor on drums and Fast Eddie Clark on guitar. And of course, Lemmy on bass. Now, the thing about, the thing about Lemmy's bass playing... Um, that makes it so unique uh, of anyone out there who don't if you listen to this and you're not you're learning to, learning about the, the music or genre and it's, you've just dipped in for the show go and watch some videos of Lemmy so um, as a bass player myself and when you're learning to play bass you, you learn to be on the root note usually one octave below rumbling behind unless you're really creative Some and there are a lot of creatives out there of course you're Steve Harris's your, you know, your, your Giddy Lees, your, your, um, you know, your Chris Squires of the world, um, but not, most of us just sit below, you know, sort of sitting around driving that bass line behind, was Lemmy um, played the bass like a rhythm guitar, so he picked at it, not fingered, and he attacked it and played it and corded it because he's a big dude, so he could hold that Rickenbacker, which was his favourite guitar, and he could he corded it. He did, and he basically played as a second rhythm, 
um, and he sang with a microphone at an angle, face up, and neck, throat open, and that's how he's got that very distinctive sound. If you, anyone knows rock and roll, they'll know Lemmy's voice. And a few singers are sort of do similar. Tony Doolan from um, from Venom Inc. Uh, and from Venom and from Atom Craft and many other bands um, sings in a very similar way because he's a big Lemmy fan, and it, you, it sort of opens the throat up, has that sort of re- a, a sort of staring at the sky attack kind of thing now Lemmy had this um, love of war memorabilia um, he liked I think it was all to do because I mean, he's, he's a war child born at the end of the war he would have been re- raised at a time when the streets were still peppered with you know bomb shirt holes and buildings were still destroyed there was still rationing you know his mum and dad would dad would have fought in the second world war his grandfather's more than likely in the first um, and so, you know, it was all around him. So he, he very much driven in his lyrics and his imagery around that way. And anyway, he draws himself into this three-piece band. And without a shadow of a doubt, I think, because he formed in 75 and Nwabam is around about your sort of 77, 76, 77 to 80, around that time, maybe even 78 to 80, I would call, with a hand on my heart, say that... Um, Absolutely, Motorhead are one of the founding, if not the founding, sounds of the British heavy metal movement that revitalised heavy metal worldwide in general. So that he is, he and his band are extremely important, so important, so so that um, I I think they're in a completely different category to themselves because they took the he took the the he loved punk and he took the the brash. Anguiness, angriness, and um, uh, and DIYness of punk. So he didn't have to be all clean and quick, proper, and he's and have the you know um, all beautiful um, tones in his guitars. He could just they could just bash the crap out of it. And, um, Phil Taylor on drums was just he was an animal man, like animal from the Muppets. He was he was just a God rest his soul. He's also gone, and so is Eddie Clark. All three of them are gone, um, and he was just a uh, he was like the how do I say, it was like the Ramones I mean they did that song Ramones didn't they they did the cover R-O-M-E-N-S they did that but um, they like the Ramones but with more balls I mean and that's not having to go at the Ramones but it's exactly what the Motorhead were it's like when people say I don't like punk they but they listen to Motorhead it's sort of contradictory to me because it, it is basically punk but with heavy metal balls it basically does you know it is you know, they released, I mean, an, an epic catalogue, 23 studio albums, 10 live recordings, 12 compilation albums and five EPs spanning 40 years. Um, you know, they had a UK top 40 chart albums with Overkill, Bomber, Ace of Spades, in particular the live album No Sleep Till Hammersmith, um, which really, that took the mare, didn't it? Because if you, when you played Hammersmith back then in the 80s, you'd made it. If you were playing headlining at Hammersmith, you had made it in the world of rock and roll in the UK and probably even the world, actually, to be honest. There were, you know, the marquee in Hammersmith, I've said it before. Um, and, you know, it was voted number 26 on the VH1's 100 Greatest Album, Artists of Rock, Hard Rock, they are, the band was. I think that's a little bit... bit shameful it should be higher than that they sold 15 million albums worldwide 15 million albums it's unbelievable isn't it when you think about it influenced thrash metal speed metal um you know 
However, Lemmy always insisted that they were a rock and roll band. Um, and they just covered topics like good versus evil, abuse of power, promiscuous sex, substance abuse, gambling. Um, of course, gambling, particularly gambling with Lemmy's background, with Ace of Spades being a classic example of it. Um, you know, and I'm really glad to see that when Lemmy died uh, in 2015, December 28th, um, four days after his birthday, uh, that they disbanded the band. And I'm really pleased that did because there are bands out there, and I'm looking at you in excess. I'm looking at you, um, Thin Lizzy. Um, at what point do you think enough is enough? You know, I get that you might think that um, you might think that it's uh, you know they might think it's um, one one second. I've just got I, my my bloody phone just buzzed. One moment. One moment. One moment. Oh, no, it's my laptop. See, it's this new system I'm using. One second. Sorry about the distraction there. I just, it's this new, I said it's this new system. And my brain, well, I'm trying to flick between screens. And the brain went um, boo-boo. Anyway, so, you know, there, there you know, you've played Marquee. You, 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 you're really, you know, a big band. And they've sort of... Um, created this image this dirty filthy rock and roll image that i just appeals to me in in such a way um the same way that sort of um maybe back in the 70s bands like um you know uh free uh, not free um who am i thinking of um get your motor running get on the highway you know um Oh my lord, absolutely gone blank. I one moment. I see this is live research as we speak, right? It will come to me in a second, right? Um, hang on. You know, you're all screaming at me. You know what the band is? Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Born to be wild is the name of the song. Steppenwolf. I knew that. See, but anyway, see, my brain went elsewhere. So that you know, same way that kind of filthy road music, um, rock and roll, bikey kind of sound thing that, in this, a lot of ways, is why um, bands like uh, the Anti Nowhere League uh, appeal to me. Um, a sort of street urchinness of it, uh, you know. And so they made this a vast history of albums. Okay, so different eras different types of sounds did they change much no i think if you listen to the very first album yeah slightly rawer um and slightly more uh diy because they did leave they were with bronze records for a little for most of their career and then um had to leave due to label issues um, when they went and recorded Orgasmatron in 1886, uh, I think 89. Let's just check that one. Um, yeah, yeah. So they left and then they formed their own record label. And the sound sort of then becomes a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit thinner. In and, and, and No, thinner is not the wrong word. That is the wrong term. It sounds a little bit more commercial, but then that has to be when it's your own money. Um, plowing into it so you want to you need to sell more records I suppose uh, and you want to keep that sound and you do need to 
you know, diversify yourself as well, of course. And Orgasmatron is actually one of my favourite albums of of the band, and I will be covering that in the second part of the show. Um, but, you know, what can more can I say about Lemmy, really, that apart from that he is sort of the soul and, and he is the... John, he is the... How do I say this? He is the... He is the Sid Vicious of the heavy metal movement. He really of the genre. He really is. He burned. He burned bright. He burned hard, and he burned fast. Yes, he was. An, he was older than Sid when he died, um, but at the same time, they keep the same power, the same um, same um, oomph behind them that that, that the rest like, that, that no one else can. You know, there's very few people in music that will elicit the kind of responses that, say, Sid or Lemmy did. And, you know, both of them sadly know with us anymore. Uh, but Lemmy, he had, this, he had that look that, you know, you wouldn't mind going to sit at the end of the bar with him and have a whiskey, and he'd tell you some fantastic stories. And then when he'd had enough of you, he'd tell you to piss off and you'd go home and he'd go his way and you'd go yours. And, and you, you, your life would be a different thing, wouldn't it? And I and sadly never got to see them live uh, or him live. I had the opportunity and they were support. Well, I should say, why? They were on a double bill with Motley Crue and I really don't do Motley Crue. I mean, and I was like, I won't do that. No, no, I won't do that. And stupidly, he died not soon afterwards. And that's one of those moments in your life where you're like, oh, fuck. Really? What were you doing? Turn the same with Dio. And I said, no, no, he'll be back. And he didn't. He died soon after. And it's like, mm, yeah. Just, I've learned now in, in my age that you don't, you don't fuck around. You don't hold out and don't say, I might. You just do it. Because all the heroes are going, right? And at our age, anyway, you're young. If you're young and you're out there and your young heroes are young, still, you never know what days, what next day comes, does it? So, let me, all I want to say is thanks, man. Thanks for filling our ears with... Raucous, four-minute, unfueled, righteous rock and roll, um, fast, fun, and it had melody. It had uh, its own beauty, uh, you know. And it was just a clash of, of 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 sounds, which just it was just wonderful. Anyway, that's for enough for this side. Uh, this sort of brief chat about Lemmy. I can't. I mean, what else can I say? There are millions of books out there about him. There are a million things you could talk about. He just means a lot to me. Uh, I'm going to come back on the other side and we're going to talk about a couple of tracks, not albums, just a couple of tracks that of his that really resonate with me. Anyway, enjoy the ads. I'm sure there might be something there you might want to buy. And remember, if you like the show, do please go and like and, and give us a review because it will be really good for us to get those more and more ears on the show. Anyway, talk to you soon, guys. Bye for now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, guys, to part two. Um, thanks for letting me ramble on about uh, Lemmy and the, this new system I'm using, this new jiggery pokery computer system, does make my brain go because I'm trying to talk to you down the microphone and be the whole host of the, of the most S, right? Um, and then I'm trying to tab between screens and not, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm going to stick to a combination of that and paper notes because it just makes a bit more sense. I like the idea of the digital one because it's more I can read it then my hand rings terrible and sometimes I look at my notes and go what and that's how I miss things that like couple of weeks ago I got the order of guitarists wrong and Iron Maiden was because I just flicked the page over too soon right but anyway um let me let me let me let me let me what a yeah there's not much else I can say about him really what I'm going to pick out now in this second part is just one of my a couple of my favorite songs not albums everyone there's lots of information out there about albums. There's lots of stuff like what's the best Motorhead album. I'm not going to go on about that because I have 23 out studio albums. Picking your favorite was always going to offend someone. Someone's not going to agree with you. You know, like I, I picked a, a way back, I picked a Aussie album, one of my favorite ones, and no one really liked it except one or two. I've got some silly comments and like, well, you know, that's choice, isn't it? That's the beauty of music, right? But I'm going to sort of talk about... See, people look at Lemmy and they they look at him with this sort of, you know, this tall, um, aggressive, um, powerful, you know, mutton-chopped, um, not so attractive, to be honest, uh, dude with a big mole, you know, um, spitting vitriol at his microphone while he's, you know, destroying his Reckonbacker bass in this three-piece band and they don't think they look him I'm sure they don't think of him as an intellectual I'm sure they don't look at him as someone that would um who've been educated and he was and he he, he was a very intelligent man uh, who had emotions and was soft and had thoughts and there's one song in particular that I'm thinking of 
and it's um, from it's it's from a period in the band. As I said, they went from being with Bronze Records, which is a Dutch label, I believe, or it could be a German label, um, over to their own label um, because of you know ongoing disputes. And this album came out, and this particular song is the title track of the song, and I just I find it lyrically, and I'm going to go through the whole lyric with you, um, mm. because not only has it got this brilliant driving um, um, beat to it, this sort of very memorable toing and froing, almost like the uh, a um, like like the like the tidal sound, you know, it's this sort of fantastic if it had it in stereo in one ear probably going from one ear to the X you can imagine it moving from left to right on the stage or right to left or back and forth whatever very swaying music very driving um, and this is and this is the name of the song and I'm going to find that I'm going to give you it I'm, gonna, I'm sure for a second you'll know exactly which one it is if you're Motorhead fans 1986 is Orgasmatron now this is not the classic lineup by any means okay this is the um, you had Lemmy on bass, Michael Wurzel Burston on rhythm guitar, Phil Wizzo Campbell on rhythm and lead guitar, and Phil uh, Peter Gill on drums. So, um, not the original lineup by no means, but it was when they went to GWR Records, uh, their own label, um, and it was had it was produced. Um, one of the reasons the song sounds the way it does, it was it was produced by. Uh, by Bill Lawswell and Jason Caruso. Now they had this sort of hand on the rudder of of people like Herbie Hancock and Mick Jagger and Pill. So they were sort of making this, pushing the sound a bit more um, electronic, a little bit more um, synth, even though there's not synths on it, but it has that feel of synth on it. Um, and And the 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 entire track, but it's not about the machine that's in Barbarello. It's not about Orgasmatron, the machine. Oh, sorry, in Woody Allen's film The Sleeper, it's not about that. It is not. Um, it got nothing to do with that. Okay, it's to do with. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it, it, I think it's the idea of it. It is that it's about this machine. This orgasm making machine but no it's not it's actually about war and hypocrisy so the title itself is completely sort of I don't know it's not really accurate into the lyrical content of the song but I'm just going to get the lyrics up and I'm going to read them to you okay this is me going through my bloody computer again see I put notes on and I now don't have it oh there we go okay this is the lyric okay now Bear with me. It says, I am the one, orgasmatron, the outstretched grasping hand. My image of, is of agony, my servants rake the land. Obsequious and arrogant, clandestine and vain, two thousand years of misery of torture in my name. Hypocrisy made paramount, paranoia the law. My name is called religion, sadistic, sacred whore. That alone is, on, I genuinely mean this, guys. I feel very passionate about this. That is one of the most... Um, beautifully written paragraphs of lyrics by this by the band ever all right there might be big aficionados in the band going no 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 but this lyric but this lyric ace of space but yeah killed by death blah blah which they're fun right they're fun songs and they are they have a point but 
when was the last time in a heavy metal song or a heavy rock song are you going to get the words like obsequious clandestine hypocrisy I, I it's just it's just wonderful and then you go into this next the next verse I twist the truth I rule the world my crown is called deceit I am the emperor of lies you grovel at my feet I rob you and I slaughter you your downfall is my gain and still you play the sycophant and revel in your pain and all my promises are lies and all my love is hate I am the politician and I decide your fate oh just goosebumpy um wordplay in this song um just you know what can i say um, it, it's um if you close your eyes and listen to this song and then it, it's almost bruegel-esque uh artwork isn't it it's almost it's almost horonus bosch-esque um there's a band at the moment um whose art i think of a lot when i listen to this song and um uh, and they're called uh, Deep Profundus, or a, a UK black death metal band. And I just it conjures up these images of um, of a of a world gone to shit, uh, and 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 the devil rising from the pit of hell, and 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 you know you it's almost like if you watch it does make me think of the movie Damien. The Omen, sorry, it, with Damien. You know, if you... The Omen is like... It has that feeling about that, doesn't it? Those sort of 70s end-of-the-world movies that were around. There was a uh, a little-known um, horror movie from the 70s in America called uh, Manitou. It reminds me a bit of that as well. And then we have the next chorus. It says, I march before a martyred world, an army for the fight. I speak of great heroic days of victory and might. I hold a banner drenched in blood. I urge you to be brave. I lead you to your destiny. I lead you to your grave. Your bones will build my palaces. Your eyes will stud my crown. For I am Mars, the god of war, and I will cut you down. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's quite cold here at the moment, and I'm shivering anyway. But it genuinely gives me shivers that, that someone has seen the way that Lemmy is seen in the world of the eyes of the world I'm sure people don't see him the way that I see him a lot of people see him as an intelligent um, educated thoughtful human being but you this lyric you know whether you like the music or not whether you think that the music itself is a little bit because it does have a sort of operatic sense it doesn't have the the speed and tenacity of say as I said killed by death or ace of spades or any of those, you know, Bomber or any of those stuff that, that we all know and love um, of the band, it's hidden away in the middle of their of their um, of their catalogue in an album that didn't do that well. In fact, did very poorly and toured pretty poorly as well. It ends the album as well. It you know it's the closer, not the opener, and it's. It astounds me how this isn't one of considered one of the greatest uh, metal lyrics of all time. It genuinely astounds me. I mean, we obviously you have your maidens of this world and your priests and um, you know and, and bands that, and, and Queen's Reich and all that. The right, incredibly interesting um, lyrical content, but you expect that from them. I don't think you expect it from 
um, you know, uh, speed-driven, high-octane, drug-fueled music like Motorhead. I, I just don't think you do, right? Anyway, uh, that's just one of the wonderful, wonderful songs that uh, that, that they produce. It's my favourite um, Motorhead song by a long chalk. Um, Album-wise, as a tif- as a difficult one, very difficult one to put down. I'm gonna say Ace of Spades purely because, you know, as I said before in the artwork one, you know, they shot the cover in Barnet where I grew up in a sand pit. Um, it's it's that sort of, you know, like Iron Maiden's. Um, number of the beast like priests um british steel you know like like def leopard's hysteria it's those albums that when you say the band you know the album you know the band and it's the one a it might be the biggest selling album but also it's um it just it's all killer no filler that album um and its production is raw, even though it's still, it's, you know, it's not their first album by any way, um, but it's raw. It still has that rawness that we want from our uh, Motorhead. Motorhead shouldn't be polished. It's one of the reasons I think Orgasmatron didn't do as well as it could do, because it was a little bit clean, a little bit, um, dare I say, middle of the road kind of um Aussie era you know that period in Aussie's era where it was all all ballads and a bit sort of Hollywood and I think that's sort of what happens slightly with Orgasmatron to some extent I don't know that that, not the content lyrically and certainly not musically just the the finish the sound Uh, I'd love to hear it re if it's been reissued um and remixed because it's like um anything it needs a little bit more um, but it feels like it's lost its front end the, 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 the big end's gone a bit you know it doesn't have the grunt you know the umlaut over the o's has almost disappeared you know what I mean um, but if I'm then if I'm then sort of thinking of where I go from that um, it's again it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one I wrote all this down how, how I wanted it to be um, you know my top few albums and then I thought, I can't do it. All I can do is really give you my emotive feel of each album. I mean, definitely my favourite song is Orgasmatron, no doubt. Followed by Kill by Death. Um, you know. Um, but, and then maybe Motorhead, if I'm going to be, you know. Actually, in fact, I like the Hawkwind version of Motorhead more than I like the Motorhead version of Motorhead, isn't that? That's probably a terrible thing to say, and I'm probably being, you're probably turning off in your droves as we speak. Um, but you know, it, it, they you see the early early Motorhead had this Motor C five, your MC five sound, this sort of crassness, um, you know, that they sort of had, and the early from their early appearances on at the Reading Festival, you know, with Saxon. You know, to Overkill with songs like No Class, you know, it's just, you know, I think Overkill is probably my second favourite album, I think, probably of theirs, um, because it, oh, song, I should say, not album, I apologise, um, 
it's yeah I, I i don't know I, I'm, I'm finding it very difficult to categorize most of the time i can categorize um the albums i love of theirs um but to be honest with you it, it's a tough one isn't it because you're 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 sort of having to say what out of 23 albums I'm going to say early lineup I think everything with the early lineup is probably my my favourite period um, you know Motorhead albums sorry album Motorkill Overkill is one of my favourite albums um, Motorhead yeah Rawness has a punky feel a 77 punk feel Overkill wonderful Bomber has of course the, everyone loves Bomber if you can't sing along to Bomber um, you're I don't know the album that I'm, I'm least like actually this to that of the early period is probably um, On Parole I mean, they released three albums in 79. I mean, how often can you do that in a band? I mean, they released Overkill Bomber on Parole. That's pretty bloody unbelievable, isn't it, right? Um, it, 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 was a, it, it, was a, it was left unreleased for quite some time. It was recorded, it was a comp, recorded in 76, but not released until 79. Um, and it did very, very well, because you're coming off the back of Overkill you know and bomber really and bomber was massive just before i'm mean, just before the hugeness of ace of spades you know overkill you've got you know on that you've got overkill as i said one of the second favorite tracks stay clean i won't play your price i'll be your sister um capricorn no class brilliant damage case tear you down metropolis and limb from limb and these are all short sharp songs you know two minutes 51 two minutes 56 two minutes 40 Longest track on the album is Limp for Limb at 4.54. No, I apologise. Oh, sorry, Overkill, 5.12. So not that much difference, right? Again, um, the original lineup: Eddie Clark, Phil Taylor, Lemmy. Um, and all wrote together as well. Um, it's just, yeah, brilliant. So very difficult. I mean, if you do you remember the single to, to No Class? I've got it actually. It's a brilliant picture of Lemmy in his leathers and his chest open bare and this real seventies looking um curly haired uh woman I'd say in her twenties with heavy makeup just staring up lovingly at um at Lemmy. Uh and the B side's like a nightmare, which is actually a really great track. You if you don't know it, um it's worth having a hunting it out. Um the Plasmatics covered the song in 1982 as part of their Stand By You Man, Stand By Your Man EP co- uh, collaboration with Motorhead. Again, Motorhead did lots of collaborations, didn't they? they um, I loved what they did with The Damned. I loved what they did with Girls' School. Uh, you know, they were always trying to reach out and uh, and not just see themselves in a, in the one rut. You know what I mean? Like. Um, because, I mean, it's a match made in heaven, isn't it? Mohead and the Damned is a match made in heaven, if you think about it. Because it's punk with extra punk, with extra violence, with extra loudness, with extra craziness, right? And I've always been a huge fan of the Damned, as you all will know that. Um, and they've done uh, all sorts of stuff together. Let me play with the Damned live, and they did Neat, Neat, Neat live. Um, you know, they did uh, versions of New Rose together. They've done some really interesting stuff. 
really interesting stuff. Same with girls' school. Um, I've got a just actually recently just picked up a girls' school and Motorhead uh, picture disc, twelve inch, um, and uh, I'll actually, I'll actually um, I'll have to put it on our I'll get get it out and put it on our um, on the Facebook page. Uh, and they were all close friends as well, I believe the band. Um, Motorhead and Girls School um, and it was Please Don't Touch was a song and that really is actually a lot of fun as well because it just it's got that almost um, T-Rexy David Bowie glam rock kind of uh, feel to it and there, if you go on a YouTube I might see if I can find the YouTube link and put it onto the show description notes but that's also a lot of a lot of fun. Please don't touch. And it's really sing along. Um, and a good friend of mine uh, in England, uh, uh, Melvin, he dated the lead guitarist of Girls' School for a little while. Uh, she's sadly not with us anymore. Um, and he was all in and around them, and so he would know them as well. And it's quite crazy the connections you have in life, isn't it? It was off the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre album. Uh, and uh, yeah anyway that's me for the that's me for the end of it uh, I've rabbled on i babbled on I still think go and listen to Orgasmatron one of the greatest heavy metal songs of its period lyrically anyway maybe not the most sophisticated musically but then they never were sophisticated music were they and they just had violent loud fast guitars smashing syncopated drums and Lemmy's raucous vocals and power driven um shredding bass parts so give it a go uh, and uh have a listen and see what you think see if it if it changes your mind on the band and what you think of lemmy as a lyricist um and as a music as a musician i think it's just one of those ones that the world has sadly missed because he's under well under underappreciated because he was in a band like mohead that isn't the beatles or the stones or Deep Purple or, or, or something clean and easy to listen to. He was uh, a counterculture. He was uh, in rock and roll at its core. And God bless you, Lemmy. Thanks for everything because I still love your work. And man, we the world misses you. It really does. Anyway, me signing off for this week. Bye for now. Hang on. Now I've got to learn how to turn this thing off because I've gone to a different... See, I've said goodbye. There we go. Genuinely, bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.